Hi, She 2.0 listeners. This is Ramona. And I'm Jackie. Jackie, this is like a really hot podcast tonight. <laughs> this is a hot topic podcast. We are talking to a man. <laughs> Bring on the men. Yeah, um, we are talking to a brave man named Roger, <laughs> who is sharing his experience and his journey with his wife, Mary Jo, on their journey through perimenopause and beyond. Yeah, that's right. You know, I think what's great about Roger and how candid and authentic he is, is that you know, we, we talk so much about menopause from our perspective and, and what we're trying to learn. We're just trying to get our heads around it. We don't often think about the other side, like how our partner feels, how we're coming across, and how we can keep the line of communication open to keep our relationship healthier, because this is a really difficult time. But it's not just difficult for us. It's difficult for our partners, too. Yeah, I really thought Roger was fantastic. He was really honest about some difficult subjects. And I think we might have a few more male listeners after this one. If Roger doesn't go into the witness protection program. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So I hope everyone enjoys and share it with your husbands and partners. Have a listen to Roger. Hi, Roger. Welcome to She 2.0. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Roger, you're our first man on the podcast. And we just want to say we are so excited to have you because you are so brave to come and talk to us tonight. And why is that, Ramona? Well, first of all, I do want to correct you, Jack. He is our second male on the podcast. Um, But the first one who's actually really diving into the subject of menopause as it relates to women and in particular, his wife. Yes. So he is very brave, aren't you, Roger? (laughs) I think so. Now, did you get permission before you did this or? Absolutely. I'm not an idiot. (laughs) Okay, good. And were there any topics that your wife told you you weren't allowed to talk about today? She's not here. Oh, I like it. We're off to a good start. Okay, let's get into it then. Well, really, in all seriousness, I think it's really wonderful that you're joining us today because I think it's really important for men to have an understanding of what their wives are going through. And I think sometimes had they had that information in advance, and I'm sure you'll be able to share this with us, that maybe navigating through it with their loved one would have been a little bit easier or maybe less confusing. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit, I, I, I don't know if you want to use your wife's name or not, so I'll let you decide, but um, you're already in trouble anyway, so why not? Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about like how long you've been married and just a little background on when things started to go, what would we say here, Ramona, sideways, funny, crazy? I think when you started noticing something different about your wife. Mm-hmm. So this is our second marriage for each of us. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been married about three years. We've been together for just over 15. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it's been, it's been good. So after our, our 
marriages broke up, then we each had one relatively serious relationship after the marriage, and then we met, and that was it. So uh, that's that's our background. So when did I notice things going sideways? So I guess it's a little different for us. So Mary Jo suffered from a, a slight bout of depression. So she mm-hmm. had real highs, real lows, and sought some therapy. And things were things were always great, but never never level. Um, and then probably five or six years ago, um, things were going great. Everything was fantastic. And then all of a sudden she'd break into tears or I don't know, I made a comment that maybe the dish was a little on the salty side or maybe a little too spicy or, 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 you know, and, or I didn't make the bed when I left in the morning and there'd be (laughs) tears and it was like, hold on, not making a bed isn't tear worthy. And then things would be good. And, and then all of a sudden the period stopped and it's like, okay, well, I know you're not pregnant. And then Mm -hmm. the tears would start. And then a a small fight over, instead of the tears, it would turn into a fight over. I didn't make the bed or I didn't make supper or just weird things that neither one of us could explain. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And she couldn't explain it to me. And I certainly didn't understand it. So she went to the doctor and he's like, yeah, you're in, perimenopause or premenopause and and that's been going on now for five years oh interesting it's it's yeah it's it's been an adventure to say the least i haven't (laughs) hit hit some of the nightmare stories that you hear um you know i want to kill you you want to kill me Mm -hmm. but there are definitely times where you're at each other's throat for for no reason it's just like what are you doing so it's it's weird so it seemed really irrational to you it seemed completely irrational to me and incredibly, incredibly rational to her at the time. (laughs) And then three or four hours later, it's like, and oh my God, I'm I'm sorry. I don't know where that came from. And Mm -hmm. from our perspective, because we we have no idea what's going on other than we see the physical things. So Mm -hmm. we go to bed together every night. We, we spend probably 23 out of 24 hours a day together we own our own business mm-hmm. so we're together all of the time it feels mm-hmm. weird when we're not together right but like sleeping at night it, it's weird like you used to cuddle at night we, now we can't it's just she's boiling and yeah can't get warm she's sitting laying there sound asleep but just sweating with can't get warm more covers and more covers and it's it's those little things that you really know it you just can't explain except you know that, okay, this is what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a common thing, like for husbands and partners. Um, my husband should probably get a onesie because I sleep with the ceiling fan on the AC on and the windows wide open in December and I'm hot, Like that's hot for me. It's like, could we just take out a wall? And he has like all the duvet, he's got full pajamas on and, just makes me hot looking at him. Not hot in the right way, hot in the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, when you're trying to navigate, I guess, the emotional highs and lows, and now that at least you know where it's coming from, how do you, have you guys put any sort of like systems in place or, or safe words that help you navigate those times together? 
I think I'm more fortunate than most in the fact that Mary Jo is very, very capable of communicating. Um, sometimes it's a hammer over the head or other times it's just a look. Um, but she's always been able to talk me through sort of so that I understand what's, what's going on. So I, I'm, I get off the hook a lot more than I think a lot of guys do. Mm-hmm. Never had to go down that. Okay. If I say this, I, I don't mean it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting off lucky, but there's certainly things I do not understand at all. Like mm-hmm. just bursting out in tears. I don't get that. Well, we don't either. So don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like we don't, it happens. And then we have that shame afterwards. Um, on that topic though, I think that's, that's really interesting. This is one that is really close to home for me and my own marriage. Um, we do go through this. We burst into tears. We burst into rage. It's irrational. But at the time, like guaranteed, it does feel like it's validated and you have done something so incredibly wrong. When it's over, you know, it takes a little while. I think our ego speaks first and then we go, hmm, that really made no sense at all. And then we feel the shame. Then we feel really bad, especially when we do it to our children. Um, how did you feel about everything when that was going on like did it hurt you did you take it personally or it's really hard to not take it personally to start with yeah because Mm -hmm. you you don't understand like what's the big deal i didn't make the bet i mean i don't understand so why are you yelling at me like Mm -hmm. this is completely irrational that we're having a fight over over making the bed and then tears and then it's like well i just go outside and cut the grass or cut firewood or something Mm-hmm. And that's not good because mm-hmm. it's not like I'm sitting there being able to say, okay, like, listen, hon, I know this is irrational. 20 minutes from now, you'll realize it. But in that 20 minutes, how do we, how do we get through this next 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a really good question because the reality is like, we feel it is rational. If my husband was to say to me, you know, uh, you're being irrational, give it 20 minutes. He'd need a Hurt Locker outfit to say that to me. <laughs> like, and she, she would probably lose it on you because oh, it's very real to her. And, but I get what you're saying because the tools that we have in any relationship are tools to deal with an argument and conflict that don't work in menopause because, no. like you said, it's not rational and we don't have a framework for it. Right. And that's, I think, why there is no such thing as a safe word. If the safe word were pineapple, and mm-hmm. in the heat, in the heat of a of a, <laughs> a irrational <laughs> argument, if you, if you yelled pineapple, you're getting one upside the head. Yeah, because the safe right. word yeah. isn't a safe word because the whole thing's irrational. Yeah, ignore Ramona. She's just trying to get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, how else has um, you know? Mary Jo's symptoms affected your relationship. So you've talked a little bit about um, like the emotional highs and lows and, and hot flashes. Is there any other symptoms that have affected your relationship together? Uh, let's delve into the, the nasty parts of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's the female sex drive. Yeah. That, yep. That the libido completely tanks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, there again, like one of the luckiest guys on the planet, but it goes from being the sexiest guy to, and being wanted to being the sexiest guy. And Hey, you didn't make the bet. Right. You know? Right. Um, and, and that's just, that's just how it is. Like there's no way around it. 
there's there's no there's no cure. You both have to understand that this is how it is, and there's no sex drive. But I also have to understand that okay, well, you know, if flowers and chocolates and a couple of bottles of red wine and being <laughs> nice goes a long way to helping that situation as opposed to saying, well, you know, like we haven't done it in 48 hours. Like what's going on? Yeah. 48 hours. <laughs> Whoa. I'm not going to let my husband listen to this one. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like, you know, a lot of men don't realize like outside of just like the hormone imbalances and not having the like drive of wanting to have sex. Like I know for myself, and we've talked about it on the podcast, like it's actually extremely painful for me to have sex yeah. uh, because my estrogen levels are so low. And so that sort of factors into, um, you know, my desire to want to do it and trying to find different ways to connect with my partner where, you know, we can both be satisfied um, and it doesn't feel uncomfortable for me. Have you guys experienced any of that yet? No, that hasn't hasn't hit us yet. Um, we mm-hmm. we know what to expect if that happens. Mm-hmm. So um, Mary Jo's quite learned and read. So you know, she's mm-hmm. explained that this could happen, this could happen, and there's where we are right now in this whole evolution of things. Yeah. So I I think maybe the the biggest thing is if if the ladies out there that are listening to this say to their husbands, listen, here's what's going to happen. Here's 10 things and seven of these 10 things are going to happen. I've got no control, but here's what to expect. Mm -hmm. And when it hits this stage, here's maybe what you can do. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't know, you don't know. And it it is what it is. And she may not know either, but I love that approach because even going back to what you said about the flowers and the chocolate and the wine, I would say, first of all, watch out for the wine and the chocolate because those will make her hot flashes worse. But also, <laughs> it's a true story. And we're going to help you <laughs> later with this next stuff. But um, truly, I think that the problem is that we don't understand what's happening to ourselves and it creates an extra layer of miscommunication with our partners. Um, most women, Roger, don't even know what perimenopause is. So they really feel like they've got a grasp on menopause, but what is this perimenopause? You mean like for 10 years, I could be riding this roller coaster until it's all over. Um, that's the whole point of she 2.0 is to educate women. This is the time when women can sort of course correct. Um, and I, I think that what is really important, why we really wanted to talk to you is because it is important to have that communication and as much as the flowers and everything, the gestures are wonderful. The biggest gesture I think is being heard and being understood because it's a lonely time for us. Like um, most of us don't feel we can go to our girlfriends and talk about it. Women don't want to talk about it. So if they don't want to talk about it with their girlfriends, guess how easy it is to talk to your husband, especially when you, you don't know, you just think like quite honestly, from my perspective, Everything you're saying rings completely true. But when I'm going through this, I just look at my husband and think, how wrong can you be and how many times can you be wrong this week? (laughs) Like, I don't look at that and say, oh, this is me having a symptom. I look at him and go, wow, you are on my last nerve. Like, pal, you are walking a tight line there. So 
it is so hard for all of us. And, and this is why it's really important to have these conversations. And we think it's important as women to hear the other side, because this is not a us or them thing. This is a, how can we get through this together idea? Well, that's exactly it. But it's, I mean, how many times even younger, you, you've said something dumb and then you're like, Ooh, did I just say that? And that happens to the women in this case, but it happens 20 minutes after once everything kind of levels out and you're like, Ooh, did I just say that? Mm -hmm. Like, oops, like that, I didn't, I didn't mean it or I didn't mean it that way or that didn't come out how I meant it or it's, yeah, like you can't, you can't hold your, as a guy, you can't hold your wife or your partner accountable mm -hmm. for everything mm -hmm. she says or even how she says it sometimes because it's just, it's not, it's not her. And it, and it's not to say that we're giving everybody a hall pass to be a nasty bitch whenever they feel like it. Like, let's be honest here. We're not trying to do that. But I think it's really nice, Roger, that you've actually put effort in to listening to your partner and learning about what she's going through. Because I imagine it's given you a little bit more empathy into what she's dealing with right now. It is. But uh, I mean, like I said, like, She's very learned and read. And when things, she started to notice things, the first thing she did was call her doctor and say, listen, you know, I'm having a few issues. I think we should have a talk. And he sat down and spent some time and said, okay, here's what's going to happen. Here's where you are now. You know, you have to watch for this, watch for that. And then she was able to say to me, okay, here's, here's what's coming down the road. Some of this anyways. Mm -hmm. but, like the, the doctor was the big one talking to him and saying like, right. okay, like here's, here's what is, is going to happen because it's five of those 10 are inevitable. Whatever, pick five. You're going yeah. to get five. Yeah. So, the doctor, <laughs> that's where women need to go. Yeah, it's interesting because we, I know Jackie and I have talked about it on the podcast that we, we didn't have as much success um, with our doctors initially really? when we went through menopause and, and not all doctors have, particularly GPs have time to spend with you to walk through that. So I'm actually really happy to hear that Mary Jo had a positive experience and that a doctor yeah. spent some time with her. I think that's great. Um, I was going to ask you, we, we covered, you know, some of the top three symptoms. The other one that women tend to deal with, and I'm curious if you guys have um, dealt with yet is like any like cognition type or memory loss with yes. her hormone imbalances. Yep. Yeah. And you know, she'll forget and she never forgets anything, anything. It's unreal. But all of a sudden, like, the simplest thing will just be gone for 20 minutes mm -hmm. or, you know, or an hour. And it's like, how did I forget that? And then the exhaustion levels too, going along, going along, and then just like hitting a wall at one o'clock or maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, just, just pure exhaustion. And then, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden a quick little nap and everything's back, but like, it's just like hitting a wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the memory loss thing is really tough. Um, you have, do you have children around or older children? Well, you've got family events. Like women are typically tasked with um, organizing these events, right? So on top of, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, put the burden on us and say that we do everything 
but we do a lot. Oh, it's pretty um, much true. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, even my own husband will say stuff like, well, how did you double book that? Or how did you forget that? And I'm like, are you kidding me? But yeah, that's unsafe territory, just so you know. Um, but the thing is, like, <laughs> how he could help me would be to put it in our calendar or just like little things like that. Remind me, you know, like if you can see that these things are starting to waver, I think mm-hmm. like I sort of feel Jumping like in and helping a little bit more is, is useful. I, I feel the same way too. Like, I feel like I used to be like the queen of multitasking and now I do need additional support from my partner. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this whole, approach to menopause needs to be like a strategic approach that you come together as a team. It's not really done in isolation. Like I think women up until recently, we tend to kind of go through it. We don't talk about it. Like my dot, my husband wouldn't know about half my doctor's appointments or what their results were, but I think we do need to talk about it and say, okay, so look, these are the things that are happening to me. How can we like, you know, tag team to make sure that no balls get dropped and there's no resentment because when we drop balls and we haven't asked for help and we go through this, we tend to blame ourselves and that brings out more resentment for us. And that makes those like hormone rages even worse because we have this like arsenal of things we're already mad at you about. And then we just use our irrational rage to take it out on you. So it's, it's good to have an understanding with each other. I this. I mean, our, our situation might be a little different because we live together, we work, work together, we don't leave the property unless we're together, mm-hmm. um, and our roles are very defined. If it's in the house, which means it's in the office, it's in the kitchen, that's hers. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's outside, whether it's a bolt mortar that needs repairing or grass needs to be cut or something needs to be fixed, our division of responsibilities are... So if gas is mm-hmm. a border, that's not her fault. She didn't forget. I mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Right. So our, it's a little bit easier in that sense that our division is very, very strictly specified who does what. It's the other things that you're right. Like, you know, if she's having a bad day or things aren't, there's no reason I can't stop cutting the grass for 20 minutes and come in and answer the phone or right. you know, do dishes or the grass isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The emotions are, and they're just going to get worse if I don't stop cutting grass and come mm-hmm. in and say, hey, hon, like, I'll answer phones for the next 20 minutes and I'll do the buckets. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know, you know, now that you guys have been dealing this with this for a little bit, was there anything that just really surprised you about this whole experience in general and knowing now what you know, like, about perimenopause? Like, was there anything that surprised you? I think the thing that surprised me the most is how long it goes on for. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That is, that has shocked me the most. Like Mary Jo will go for two months, three months without a period. And then all of a sudden, man, look out. Yeah. Look out. Like it's debilitating. It's, it's, it is. And mm-hmm. like they, they don't last for five or six days. They go on for 10, 12. Yeah. Um, the reason she sought her doctor is because when her period was just kind of missing by a day here and a day there, and then all of a sudden it went on for, I think it was 35 days. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. We've heard that. Yes, that's like, awful. Something's not right. And I'm like, yeah, like no kidding. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when he took the time. That was it. So right from the very first time, we actually were like, okay, yeah, we've had your blood levels checked, everything. Here's where you are. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we've been leading into it. But the thing that shocked me the most is the length of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this could go on for a long time. I hate to say it. Yeah. You yeah. could. And the symptoms when she hits menopause, which is like when it's finally over, yeah. the symptoms can carry on. Some people yeah. carry them on forever. Some have them a few years. Some don't. Like, you just don't, there is no roadmap for her. And I think the fear of not knowing what comes next for us plays into a lot of our anxiety around it and our feeling of loneliness and is a lonely feeling. Right, Ramona? Like, you oh, for sure. Unheard, yeah. misunderstood. And, um, but well, I think you also feel like you're failing your partner sometimes too. Like, you know, yeah. to be completely honest, like when we're talking about, you know, sexual dysfunction, when we're talking about, you know, memory loss and things like that, like sometimes I just feel like nothing's working for me and I can't, I'm not the person that he fell in love with anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm constantly letting my partner down sometimes. And I sometimes think that he probably doesn't realize that he's just seeing all of the things that are happening or that are happening to him, but not really recognizing that, that they're not being done to them. They're actually being done to me and I'm trying to navigate it. And it's so hard because unless you're in the thick of it, you just don't know. Like, I mean, I, I love how empathetic you are to your wife and, and you guys have such an open dialogue. But at the end of the day, you physically aren't feeling what she's feeling every day, right? Oh, no, no. And never will. Mm-hmm. Like, you can try to understand it. But, you know, if someone steps on my hand, you don't feel it. That's, yeah. that's just how it is. And there's no way to feel it. You just try to understand it. But I don't want to negate the fact that, you know, it's, it's just as upsetting and frustrating for you going through it as her partner. Do you want to touch on how, like, it's sort of affected you personally, if you're able to share? Um, that's a tough one. So, I mean, it, it makes you resentful at times. And, and mm-hmm. that's... That's the, that's the only real feeling you get out of, out of that. Like, okay, so like, we'll just use the bad example again. Like, why? Like, why, why are you hating me right now? Mm-hmm. Why are you in tears? Why, like, why? Like, this is a bed that I can make at any point in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's the resentment you don't understand as a guy. Like, I just don't under, you just don't understand it. So then you, you build up that resentment and resentment. And then you got to sit back and realize, well, hold on, this only lasted for an hour, 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, never say to her, that's just your hormones. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that's like saying, you must have PMS. Yeah. Yeah. Are you on your even period? Though you do, even though you do, don't ever say it. <laughs> that's that's but how do you shake it off? Because, like, it's true. Like, it's hard to, like, you know, when someone's constantly – pissed off at you and you're like man like lay off lady <laughs> like like how do you how do you shake it off and start over again without holding your own resentment she doesn't let me she doesn't let me it's easy like she's taken the bull by the horns and said okay i was irrational 
I'm not going to ever admit it, but okay, well, I, and then she comes in and gives me a hug and we kiss nice. and make up and talked about what just happened. And because mm-hmm. some of those times I am wrong. Like if it's a, yeah, if it's yeah. a hormonal thing, it, there's a chance that what I did was completely wrong. But mm-hmm. as a guy, you just chalk it up to that's hormones again. But let's okay. use a bed, you know, if she says to me, you know, can you make the bedroom before you leave place? And mm-hmm. I don't, well, then I'm setting myself <laughs> up for failure. Yeah, I, yeah. Like that's it. If it's if that's the example, then well, hormones or no hormones, you deserve to be yelled at. Well, and you know, I think and and I can totally relate to this is that, you know, we do juggle a lot as women. We just inherently take on a lot more that around the family life and all the other things that happen. And then when you're going through this and you're not able to deal with as much, you do become resentful of your partner because it's like the one time in your life where like you need them to step up and you don't mean to be angry at them. But at the same time, it's like, you know what, I've been doing this for a long, long time and a lot longer than you. And now it's, now it's my time to maybe slow it down and take a step back and you step up a little bit and you help out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to address that other than being specifically told her say to me, listen, I need you to do this now. I yeah. think if women are waiting for their men to understand just how overworked their wives are, mm-hmm. it's never going to happen. It's not. That is a great point. That is a really great point because women, and I say this as one of them, I expect my husband to read my mind or understand that death glare and know exactly what it means. Whereas we'll get into big fights about it. You know, I'll walk around all moody and having an adult sized tantrum and I will say like, I... I told you, or I, I wanted you to do this. And he's like, well, why don't you just tell me you wanted me to do that? I'm like, you should just know I want you to do that. Like, I, I assume by my passive aggressive remarks or snide comments that he picks up what I'm putting down. He's not. And that's yeah. the thing I hear from a lot of women. We need to just put it out there and, and ask for what we need. And we're not good at that. We're not good for asking uh, and asking for help. Would you say, Ramona? Yeah, I would... I would say that's true. And I've had, like, I've had this discussion with my therapist so many times and she's always said to me, Ramona, men don't think like women. They just want you to tell them what you want them to do. And we get angry because we, we don't want to have to tell you what to do. We want you to just do it. Like what, like no one has to tell me what to do. Why do I have to tell you what to do? But your brain is just wired differently than ours. That's the reality. And I think it's, it's the greatest lesson I learned and it took a while for it to like stick in my head was just like, you know what, put it, put the ego aside and just say, you know what, honey, I need you to do this today. Or this is like, because you're, you can't, women just inherently have that running list in our brains all the time. That's mm-hmm. just on repeat. Right. And you guys yeah. just aren't wired that way. And we no, have to recognize that. <laughs> yeah. We want it our way or no way, but, but does that ring true for you, Roger? Like if women would just say, or Mary Jo in your case would just say, Hey, look, I need this A, B and C done today. Would that make this situation a little simpler for you? Do you think? Uh, 
it, oh, it absolutely would. I think we need to, to specify though, like, because I've been using the bed example and that in this case, I don't think it applies. If you said to your husband, I need you to hug me right now. That's a lot different than saying, I need you to make the bed today. If you mm -hmm. said, you know what, I just need to go for a walk and spend some time with you. I need, yeah. we, need, we need a babysitter tonight. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's, that's where this conversation is headed. And so Mary Jo said to me one time, you have no feelings. I'm like, I do so. And she said to me, hunger and horniness aren't feelings. <laughs> <laughs> you always I was, was so smart. And I was like, oh, they're not? Because if they're not, then <laughs> you're right. So, you know, that's the thing. Like, if, if you need something emotionally, you can't leave it up to a man in most cases to figure that out because it's not going to happen. You need to say, I need to hold your hand. You need to come and hug me. I need a kiss. You need to stop cutting the grass and just come in and sit with me. Just sit. Mm -hmm. Do what? Mm -hmm. That's no. good advice. That's really good yeah. advice. Because we're not going to figure it out. We're no. absolutely not going to figure it out. Is there anything you would want your fellow men to know? <laughs> your fellow before, men. <laughs> like they're before your fellow men. <laughs> um, as you know, they might be embarking on this journey with their wives and, and what you've learned through it so far, like, you that you wish you knew that someone had told you before you and Mary Jo started this journey together. Yeah, it's it's a really simple one. If you can figure it out, and I've I have figured it out. I just haven't been able to fully operate it yet. So when things are going sideways, you don't ask what do you want. You should be asking what do you need. That's mm. it. Mm -hmm. It starts to cry for no reason. It starts yelling at you for no reason. What do you need? What do you need from me? What is it? Not what do you want? What do you need? And that's, that's the big thing. Yeah. I would say, um, Roger, one thing I want to bring up um, is that I did have a conversation with someone and he um he had seen the post that we did about how we feel after we have like that meltdown and yell at everybody and we feel so terrible for the rest of the day and it really hit home for him he said um in his case his wife was in her like early 40s and he said i just thought she hated me i thought she didn't love me anymore and i i thought she just like she just was so like she looked at me with loathing and he said i couldn't figure out what happened because i didn't change nothing changed and it gave him the courage to approach her and say hey i kind of think maybe you're going through something which is also dangerous territory yeah. but but he recognized before she did that she was going through perimenopause because when he saw this post, he was like, holy crap, like someone who's going through this is saying this, I recognize A, B, and C here. Um, and I thought that was really, really wise of him. Um, and like, did you feel when, before you understood what was happening, did you feel like that? Did you feel unloved? Did you feel rejected? Did you feel... I know we talked about taking it personally, but what were those personal feelings? I think, I think, no, I think it just happened so fast. There was no, it went from literally from everything's being good to all of a sudden the bleeding for like, you know, two months and seeing the doctor at day 35. 
we knew right from the start that something because it literally happened that quickly um yeah. and i think just the first hormone surge or retraction um of the hormones triggering that extended period i think mm -hmm. that's that that made it easier on us i think in that that transgression but if the doctor hadn't been good mm -hmm. or mary joe hadn't read about it or tried to do some research because there's tons of information out there if you seek it out did um, you do research of your own or did you get it all through mary joe um, we actually both did a little bit together. Um, you know, mobile phones are fantastic. Even back in the day, they were okay. Um, and that's, yeah, that's what we did. But, you know, a lot of it she just explained. And, yeah, it's 50% of it's come true. I'm no lawyer, but I have read that um, divorce rates are higher during menopause. And that's why I think this conversation with you is so important because, I think my own guess would be if we look at our own situations, Ramona and I, and what we've been through and what our, you know, our friends who've been through it have been through, um, our experience is that communication completely breaks down during this time. And like we talked about in the beginning, it's, it's so many things that play into that. We don't know what's happening. You don't know what's happening. We're, we're unrecognizable to you, but we're unrecognizable to ourselves. And I think that, you know, using some of the great, comments that you've made about how men can better navigate this and some of the things Ramona and I have said about how we feel about it. It will help, I think, people to couples to understand each other a little more, be a little more patient because I do feel like, like as a woman, um, I feel like sometimes when I talk to my husband about it, he, he tries to be empathetic, you know, but I've just attacked him and assaulted him. And he, can't really understand how it feels to be in your own body and have no control. It's a very unique experience and it can mm -hmm. be really hard for someone who doesn't go through it to actually believe that's true. Sometimes like Ramona said, like sometimes I just feel like it, it becomes just an excuse and I'm so tired of apologizing, but that is the reality. And if we could all kind of like come to grips with that, I think we'd be a little more softer on each other. Mm -hmm. I think so. But I mean, Hormones are hormones, and mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It's I think it all boils down, honestly, just to communication, because I don't think anyone's ever going to figure it out if you can figure out how to communicate through it. Mm -hmm. I think we're gold. If I knew what to expect, and Mary Jo knew what to expect, and you guys knew what to expect, it, it makes things easier. But I don't think anybody says, you know, hey, listen, you're just along for the ride. Hop on that horse and just ride it out. Whatever happens. Just go with it. Mm -hmm. If you always just say, what do you, you know, what do you want or what do you need? You know, I, I think that's a secret <laughs> you need. Roger, I have one more question just, you know, to Jackie's point about divorce rates and all that stuff. Is there anything from your own perspective that you wish women knew about, like from a male perspective, going through this with your wife? that you would want other women to know like what you're going through as a partner and what we should consider to be, you know, better partners at the same time. Like I, I, I do want to be conscious of the fact that we are talking a lot about what we're going through and all of that. But I, I, I also do want to make sure, you know, that our listeners understand that we, we know it's not easy on our partners either. And so if there's any wisdom you want to impart on our listeners about 
you know, the other side of it, you know, please share. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the big thing is, um, you can't let things get boring. Like if there's, you know, if you need sex and you say to your wife, listen, like, okay, today you needed a hug. Yesterday you needed a hug. The day before you needed me to pick up the kids from school. You needed me to stop and pick up groceries. And then you needed a hug. I think, <laughs> I think if, if that's a lot of hugging, it's a lot of hugging. It's time for payback, lady. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, Put out or get out. Yeah, like, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's needs and, and it doesn't matter what it is. If, if it's the sexual desire or if you're hungry, you can't go without food mm-hmm. and, and you can't go without sex. Like that's just human nature. So mm-hmm. well, my husband can, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I've trained him well, but I would say though, just to like, you know, help you with, to feel more optimistic about this. We are learning um, through the experts that we're bringing on. There is um, a lot that women can do in the pelvic floor area that can really help remedy this. And it, it is a lot of research, but there are, there are things that will help. And it's not game over for us, which, you know, women, like we're sexual creatures too, to lose our libido is, is a, like we grieve that, we miss mm-hmm. it but mm-hmm. we just can't bring ourselves and to do it anymore. And, and that's a loss to us too. We don't, it's not our end game to never have sex again. Well, most of us, um, we want to do that again. Like we want to have that connection with our partners. We want to feel good. We want to feel sexy again and it's hard. Mm-hmm. So, so there are things that Mary Jo can do and, and I know she's great at research and, you know, I, I just hope that you guys can find a solution together because it can be great again. Actually, there's an upside to it as well. I actually get the odd night off now. What do you so mean? This oh, is such a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're in trouble for that one, Roger. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Roger. I think this is going to be really eye-opening to some of our listeners and and maybe um, some of our male listeners, or maybe we'll get a, a larger male listenership <laughs> because of this episode. <laughs> it is great advice. You gave great advice, and, and it was good to hear it from the other side. I know Ramona and I went to our partners and asked, I think it would be a little more political. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it was, was neutral ground for us. Exactly. Yes, and I think I think Mary Jo would be really proud of the way you handled yourself today. Yeah, <laughs> you might even get lucky. I don't know. Hey, I can't guarantee it. You might get the night off. <laughs> you might get the night off. <laughs> yeah.